Counter the latest internet sensation. If it's happening in Melbourne, Seb Costello all over it. Got his own people describing him as a bumpkin, a fool. Oh, I hope he's lying on the table and they're half dead. When you need to go to the toilet, you've got to go to the toilet. Oh, I just wanted to get in. Let's make Richmond great again. Love show. Good morning, Seb, and good morning, Gordon and listeners. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. 14 degrees in Melbourne. Good morning. A 24-year-old guy down by the Yarra in the city last night has gone to the assistance of a young woman who is being assaulted by another bloke. This good Samaritan has intervened and the other bloke has pulled out a knife and stabbed him in the middle of the city. Police are still looking for the guy that had the knife. We understand he's approximately 180 centimetres tall with a black and white cap and a grey long sleeve top. Happened just last night in the middle of Melbourne. We'll be coming back to that later in the program with a reporter on the scene. Also, another family member of Karen Rostevsky has come forward and she says that her husband, Boris, is not the killer. We'll talk to the journalist who got that exclusive on the front page of the Herald Sun today as well. Steve Smith killing it in India, rolling the Indians who had a true collapse last night to finish about 105. We'll get the details on that. But first... Yesterday, we picked up the paper and Eston were on the front page again, as was the expression supplement saga. And I think we collectively all felt the need to utter a big, fat... Because we've had enough of it. I don't want to hear anything more about the supplement saga. Okay, yes, there was a bit of sexy audio around. James Heard told the AFL exactly what he really thought of them. But at the end of the day, it's been settled. The players have served their suspension, and I think most of this city and most of this country would prefer that we just concentrate on playing footy. Except they catch on very slowly in Canberra. And I read from the Herald Sun again today, Michael Warner has got this story, where politicians are lining up now to back a Senate inquiry into the Essendon Supplement Saga. Bill Shorten says he'll meet with the group that wants it. A senator called Kimberly Kitching is for it. Pauline Hanson says she'd look at it. Nick Xenophon from South Australia says there's too many unanswered questions. Look, Canberra, if you're listening, if you're asking us, do we want a Supplement Saga inquiry, the answer is... Very nice by our audio technician, Dave Collins, there. He's produced a wonderful, wonderful piece of nose. One triple three five three. what do you think? We need to send the politicians a message here. Do you want a Senate inquiry to reopen the supplement saga all over again? I say no, and I think that's the message we need to be sending to Canberra. One triple three five three. get on the phone right now. Do you want a supplement saga inquiry? Got Danny there, hello? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Fire away, Danny. Do you want a Senate inquiry? No, we just do not need it. But you know what it is, Seb. It's about selling newspapers. It's about getting media talking. It's about getting everyone up and running again for the football season. So, yeah, if they want to bring it on, yeah, let them. But we just don't need it, mate. Essendon supporters, we don't want it. Well, that's it. I think we can, we can tell the papers whether we want those stories by whether we buy them or not. But the politicians are supposed to work for us. So this is where we get to tell them what to do. And they're popping their heads up thinking that the public want an inquiry. I don't think the majority of us do. Craig at Ferntree Gully. Yeah, g'day, Seb. Um, I, don't, I really don't care about it. Uh, but I, the only thing I'd be interested in is if they could force Stephen Dank 
to answer questions. Oh, no. I know. Look, that is a very, very difficult task. I've tried to do that myself many times. He's agreed to do interviews. He cancels. Some of these have been interstate, and we've organised to go meet him in other states. This is uh, for Channel 9, I should add, Craig. And, you know, he cancels and comes up with reasons why he can't do it. Mate, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would like to see that. Uh, to Kerry. Kerry, good morning. How are you, mate? Mate, uh, what do you reckon? Is Senate inquiry? Oh, I think that's just, you know, look, they've got enough um, other problems to worry about <laughs> than, than trying to interfere with footy. Yeah. Mate, what about bringing down taxes or, you know, cleaning up the hospitals? Yeah, well, why not do something that actually uh, counts to the rest of the community rather than worry about trying to interfere with something they've got no idea about? Do you reckon Pauline Hanson knows much about footy? Mate, I reckon that she'd be lucky to know what shape it is. <laughs> to Rod. G'day, Rod. What do you reckon? Good morning, Seb. How are you? Mate, exceptional. Do you want a Senate inquiry? Mate, it has to happen. Oh, no, Rod. Rod, uh, Rod, I, why? I tell you why, because this is just a prime example of what's come out in the newspaper yesterday. Yeah? It will keep surfacing and surfacing and surfacing, uh, Seb, until the truth comes out. But what, what don't you know? What, what truth do you think hasn't emerged? Well, I'm not across it in a legal mind, but the players have never been charged with anything I'm led to believe. They've never been proven... Well, no, they have. They were, they were found yeah, guilty of never, a doping offence by the Court were, of Arbitration for Sport. Well, and I don't like it either, Rod, but that's what happened. But, but Seb, you, this is what you're, you're missing my point, mate. These things are going to keep coming up until it's finally put to bed. It was handled shoddily by the AFL from day one. Well, that's true. That's true. But I think we know that now. We heard from Hurdy yesterday what he thought of the AFL, and some people will agree with Hurdy, some people won't. But, you know, the players have served a suspension. And don't you reckon they would prefer it put to bed? Oh, I, I want it put to bed, Seb, but, yep. but, but, but you're missing my point, mate. Okay. The, the Brownlow is a prime example. We now the Brownlow? Have... Yeah, Joe Watson's Brownlow oh, yes. is a prime example. We now have three holders of the Brownlow. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what I mean? This is how. Uh, why couldn't they hold off for a little while? I know. Like, look, they just want to get rid of it, and they always have from day one. And there's been a lot of things swept under the table. We've heard so many rumours. We've heard so much in danger. And Seb, I, I, I don't want it. As I said, I, I want it to disappear too. But here we have it come up two days ago. Yeah, mate. Look, Rod, I appreciate your call, mate, and uh, thanks for your view. We take all sides of the fence. Tommy from Endeavour Hills to finish us off. What do you reckon, mate? Senate inquiry, yes or no? Well, personally, I'd like to find out a little bit more about what happened, only from Dank, that is. But yeah. let's face it, he's just going to stand there and say, I'm not going to incriminate myself, so I'm yep. not saying anything. I think that's so, right. So, so what's going to happen is we're going to waste a hell of a lot of money. Um, I, you know, the other day I got a post out from Royal Melbourne Hospital. Yeah. They're, they're trying to raise money by having a raffle. How about just giving them some more money? <laughs> I mean, they're a really worthwhile <laughs> yeah. institution. Mate, um, instead of paying a couple of senators to sit in a room and talk about a sport they've never watched before, I reckon helping out the Royal Melbourne's a good idea. Now, this city has a proud history of helping people out when they're in need. You look at the Burke Street rampage, and one of the most incredible things was the amount of people who felt compelled to get in there and help what was a tragic situation. But last night in the city, we understand that somebody has done their duty and gone to help somebody in distress, and they've been seriously injured as a result. For more information, we go to Channel 9's Jade Vincent. And Jade, what's going on here? Yes, good morning, Seb. It does seem like another good Samaritan has unfortunately paid the price for just trying to help out. Uh, we understand it was about just before midnight um, along Yarra Promenade, just outside Crown Towers, you know where you've got Rosetta and Nobu yep. and Spice Temple. Um, a young guy, 24-year-old, he's been working in one of the restaurants there. He's just been finishing up. He's seen that there's been a bit of an altercation. He can see a woman being assaulted by a man yes. just out there on Yarra Promenade. So 
He's raced out and tried to intervene. Now, that male attacker has produced a knife and stabbed him in the abdomen and the upper body, we understand. Um, This victim has then had to approach a parking attendant to try and get some help. And obviously, emergency services arrived and he was taken to the Alfred Hospital in a serious but stable condition. Uh, Police say that this attacker may have been approaching people earlier in the night along Yarra Promenade there as people are walking along, uh, basically trying to bait them instigate a fight um, and now police also they're trying to get onto the the female victim who was being assaulted mm. um, they haven't been able to get in contact with her yet so they're uh, reaching out for her to come forward avoid anyone knows her or, or saw what happened any witnesses they can also contact police so a guy's gone down to crown looking for a fight being the hero that he is he's decided to start one with a woman yeah. And then in the middle of it, a bloke who's just got a smoko break or something from one of the restaurants has run over, done the right thing, and ended up with a knife in the gut for it. Absolutely. And as I say, he's now in the Alfred Hospital, serious but stable, um, possibly multiple stab wounds. Unbelievable. Do we have any description of the guy police are looking for? Yeah, we do. Uh, this guy is uh, said to be about 180 centimetres tall. Right. He was wearing a black and white cap with a grey long sleeve top. I think he had a, a satchel bag that was um, situated across his body as well. And well, you need somewhere they... to carry your knives, I suppose. That's right, unfortunately. And um, obviously, if he may have approached you if you were walking along Yarra Promenade last night. Um, certainly give police a call. one 800 is Crime Stoppers if you can help on that one. Jade Vincent from Channel 9, thanks for your time. Not a problem. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce a new voice to the Weekend Breakfast family. He's a sports journalist and sports commentator. You've probably heard him call the footy on various stations around this state, but I believe that his most important role is as the president of the Langwarren <laughs> Cricket Club. Good morning, Jack Everett. Hello, Sev. Good morning. Nice to be here. Mate, it's great to have you inside the Triple M studio. And, mate, you would have relished sitting down last night to watch India collapse like they haven't for a very long time. They could be looking at losing their first test to Australia and India since 2004. Yeah. And the first loss on home soil in 20 test matches. Wasn't it good to see them under pressure <laughs> last night? Because they always, they get it their own way, India, especially over there. They get the conditions that suit them. They produce these raging turners and... Australia nearly panicked and picked three spinners, but to see Virat Kohli arguing with his teammates and to see their batsmen under pressure, I I thought it was great because let's face it, none of us thought this was going to happen with Australia. I think we all thought that we'd be blown off the map. As it stands at the moment, we lead by 298 runs and we're in the box seat. Mate, take us through Steve O'Keefe's over because he took, what, three wickets in one over. Paint the picture. Six for five off 24 balls. Ended up with figures of six for 35. (laughs) If you don't mind. It was just brilliant. And considering that he was the one going in, it was, was it going to be O'Keefe? Was it going to be Mitch Swepson? Was it going to be Ashton Agar? They went with O'Keefe, a little bit of criticism, and he opened the bowling. Bowled nine overs initially, just didn't quite get it right. Stephen Smith switched ends. The whole game changed when he went to the other end and, had India on the back foot after that. Unbelievable. If you haven't caught up with it, here is some of the phenomenal O'Keefe bowling. There was nothing there. Didn't run for it as well. This one has gone up. There's a fielder getting under it. And he'll take the catch. Yeah! Oh, wow. Here we go. What a catch. That's a super catch. A second slip. Yeah! And another one. Saha is walking three in the over. It's O'Keefe. He's all over India like a rash at the moment. Oh, that's quick glove work. Very quick glove work. That's up in the air. Mitchell Stark coming underneath it. And he takes it. Five wickets for Stephen O'Keefe. O'Keefe again. Can he wrap it up? Oh, big shot. Nick gone. There it is. O'Keefe gets six and the Aussies wrap it up.
a beautiful six-pack, and you hear the voice of Shane Warne at the end there. Am I right in saying I've got some vague memory of Warney not being completely enthusiastic about O'Keefe? Yes. Called him the safe option. Right. Said that they should have gone with Mitch Swepson or Ashton Agar, and that O'Keefe was basically there just to, to tie it up at one end. But I think he proved to be a bit more than that last night. He got something out of the wicket that not many of our bowlers could get. The other thing I thought it showed too was – it showed that we need to pick our best bowling group. Whatever that looks like, you've just got to pick them. Josh Hazelwood's opening spell was really good last night. Picked up the first wicket. So for all of the panic and all of the drama about it being this dusty Pune wicket, pace bowlers have a role to play in India. And I think Stark and Hazelwood proved that yesterday. We're talking to Jack Hebron, sports commentator and reporter. And mate, did uh, Steve O'Keefe get asked about Warney's safe option comments? He did. He was pretty modest about his performance post-play yesterday, but I think at the same time he was pretty happy with the way he bowled also. It hasn't really sunk in yet. I, I, I think it will if we if that contributes to a win. Um, you know, right now we'll enjoy it. We had a good day, but that's all it is. It's just a good day's cricket. We know how good this Indian team is, how well they can bat, and even in spinning conditions, they're exceptional players, and they're all match winners. They're all their top seven, seven batters. You'd even argue Jadeja, you know, the top eight batters. So we've got our work cut out for us. Um, you know, we're, we're 300 ahead. Let's get more, and, and, and let's create 10 chances tomorrow and hold on to them. Very modest, Stevie. You've just taken six for against the Indians just, over there. Just allow yourself to enjoy That's it for a it. minute, Sock. Bit please. of wobble time, please, mate. <laughs> so uh, to put a lid on that, Australia made 260 in our first innings. The Indian collapse left them all out for 105, and we finished stump state 2-4 for 143. There was some footy last night. There was, and a different-looking Richmond. Not just their yellow jumpers that kind of looked almost un-Richmond-like yes. in a way, but they were very good last night, the Tigers. They won by 19 points over Richmond. Pretty much a full team to pick from. Only Bashahooli and Alex Rance, who were both missing with hamstrings. But other than that, they looked really solid. Josh Caddy and Dion Prestia. I don't think we should understate the pickups that those two are going to become for that Mate, club. They were both highly valued at the Gold Coast. Yeah. And for, for them to, you know, both have walked out of the Suns. Okay, Caddy left quite some time ago to go to the Cats. But for them not to be Suns now, when you look at the way the GWS list is developing, having kept most of their good players, I, I kind of feel there's a reason why we don't think much of the Gold Coast in 2017. Absolutely. And in the end, Richmond were plus 13 in contested ball. They got smacked in that number last year. That was where they lost it on the inside and Prestia had 12 contested Caddy had 12 contested in a preseason game made an immediate difference yeah made an immediate difference in the end they won the clearance battle by nine as well so I think it showed last night what we saw from Richmond they're going to go and try and win the ball inside and then flip it outside to the likes of Rioli and Ben Lennon and Brandon Ellis coming off halfback. Yeah, well, the Tigers looking good last night. 19-point winners. And Damien Hardwick, uh, what did he have to say after the game? Some good stuff about Dion Prestia. Well, let's make Richmond great again. <laughs> there you I go. like that. There you go. Just in, just channeling a bit of Donald on the way oh, through. Oh, that's fantastic. Dimmer. Uh, yeah, well, look, <laughs> if, he, uh, if he's able to pick up a win like the Donald did, he'd be quite happy this year. So uh, where do you see the Tigers? You don't seem top eight. Probably not in the top eight. I I might just say that and then run before the callers (laughs) come in. No, not in the top eight. There's a bit of rebuilding to go on there, I think, but not a a dramatic rebuild. I I think you're either in premiership mode or you're in rebuilding mode. Richmond are one of these funny teams at the moment that are somewhere in between. They're they're not rebuilding. They're not going back to the start, but they are tinkering. The other one that I think is a really good pickup for them was Toby Nankervis. The Ruckman from From Sydney Sydney cost them pick 46. So it's it's almost a, a bargain basement steal, but he looked quick. For a big man, he looked nimble around the ground and he pushed forward as well. So he's going to put a lot of pressure on Sean Hampson for that number one spot. 
Hey, mate, I guess the most important sporting contest of the weekend is Lang Warren <laughs> are in action later today. Yes. How are they going to go? Uh, we're defending 280 against Mornington, so uh, we should be Solid. hopefully okay. Solid? Yeah, hopefully. Mate, uh, the president of the Lang Warren <laughs> Cricket Club and a renowned commentator and sports reporter around this town, Jack Heverin, it's great to have you as part of the Weekend Breakfast family. Thank you, Seb. Lovely to be here. You've got to get around Suncorp Super Netball this year. They've rebooted the National Netball League, brought in a couple of new clubs, and one of them happens to be Collingwood. And look, I have a problem. I take tremendous joy in watching Collingwood lose at any sport. So last week, it was quite enjoyable to see the Vixens, who've been running netball in this town for a couple of years, get over the black and white. 58-55 in the opening round. A big reason for that was their skipper, Kate Maloney. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Mate, what was it like to get the Magpies first up? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was very nice. Um, (laughs) It's always nice to start the year off with a win but I suppose to play the Crosstown rivals and, and the new team to the competition and, and you know they are favourites uh, to take the competition out so to knock them off early in the year was very nice And what people might not know is that you know there's a fair bit of history between some of the players on either side. Collingwood stole Matty Robinson who was a big part of all the Vixens' success. They also nabbed a lot of members of the Diamonds. So this who is Australia's national netball team. So they really were a, a, a quite uh, quite impressive lineup. but you guys were able to get the win. What, uh, what was the key to it? Yeah, and that's right. They have, you know, they recruited really, really well. Um, I think for us, we had the belief that we could go in and win. We've had a really strong pre-season. We've got girls who have been playing together now for three or four or five years. And so we know each other really well. And, and we went in and stuck to the game plan. And um, it worked for us on the night. And I think the challenge for us now is to keep that consistency up. And hopefully we can get the win this weekend as well. What was the noise like inside High Sense Arena? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, the atmosphere was really great. I think if whoever's not barracking for Collingwood is, is barracking for the Vixens. <laughs> That's Melbourne what I reckon. And, and I we reckon, love it. Yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to the Vixens because if you don't barrack for Collingwood in the AFL, there's no way you could bring yourself to do it in the netball. Well, that's it. And my mum and dad barrack for Collingwood. So um, I don't know what's <laughs> oh, no. going on there, but um, they're still definitely with the Vixens in netball. But that's, if good? you don't barrack for um, Collingwood in the football, I feel like a lot of people have jumped on the Vixens and we're absolutely loving it and, and we'll take everyone. So you guys have got the Lightning coming up on Sunday up at Sippy Downs, which is where they're based on the Sunshine Coast. I'm, of course, part of the commentary team with Nine Gem for Suncorp Super Netball. I'm calling the Giants and the Fever tonight at 7 o'clock up in Sydney, so put your TVs onto that. But I just had the great Jack Heverin in studio, sports reporter and also president of the Langwarren Cricket Club, and he suggested that I just raise the issue of fake tan. Apparently the girls don't mind <laughs> don't just stop me again. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they don't mind just getting the tan going for the TV, is that right? That seems to be all the talk at the moment. Yeah, I think there are there's a few girls that like to get their tan on. I'm not I can't lie here and I'm I'm one of those girls. But um no, I'm an all year round tan. It's not just for the netball. So but yeah, you've got to look out for the tans. You certainly um, do. so if you've got fever, I reckon Chelsea uh... <laughs> Yeah, Verity Charles. Have a look at her tan. <laughs> All right. I'll make a note of that. Verity Charles for the West Coast Fever. Kate Maloney, the captain of the Vixens. It is terrific to have you on Triple M. Thanks for chatting. No worries. Thanks for having me. Last year, one of the most phenomenal things I had the privilege of covering was to stand in a pub in Leicester in England on the night that Tottenham and Chelsea played off and the result could have made Leicester City champions of the English Premier League.
And in the end, that's what happened. And that town went absolutely ballistic. I can remember walking outside of that pub and the little street in Leicester was chock-a-block with people side by side, sweating, covering themselves in beer and champagne and screaming. And there was a poor bloke whose job it was to drive a television satellite truck into that street. And the satellite truck is how you get the pictures out from a live location. And the satellite on top of the on top of the truck is incredibly dangerous if you stand next to it because of you know the power that comes out of that satellite. It can do you some serious damage. Well, I can remember one bloke who barracked for Leicester who did not care because he jumped up onto that satellite truck and, excuse my language, on a Saturday morning, he started humping the satellite dish. And I don't know what that's going to do to his chances of having a family going forward, but he enjoyed his night and that was the main thing because it was a phenomenal win. They were 5,000 to one and they took home the English Premier League title. You would have thought that meant their manager or their coach, as we would refer to him, Claudio Ranieri, would have a job for life. But that wasn't the case. Yesterday, he was sacked after the team has had a reasonable go in Champions League but hasn't had a good season in the English Premier League and the club said the best thing to do was to move him on. I don't get it. And to give it some context is Max Rushton, who is an expert in this stuff. You'll hear him on the Hot Breakfast as well as here on the Weekend Breakfast. He's from Sky Sports and Talk Sports. Morning, Max. Uh, morning, sir. I mean, let, let's let's be clear. It's a rite of passage in the UK that you have to hump a satellite dish <laughs> before you before you can have any you know any any form of employment, not just in broadcasting. Just, yeah, that's, that's just what we have to do when we're sixteen. Is that right? It's an um, initiation. I can't believe you were there. I mean, I, I mean, I, as a as a as a, my my Premier League team of Spurs, so I was very disappointed when right. they drew with Chelsea two two and Leicester won the league. Having said that. You said it there, and, and, and so much has been written and so much has been said about Leicester City's achievement last year. And everyone's you know, very concentrated on where they live and where they're from. And, and, and so you know, we, I'm, I don't think it's insular you know, to say that Leicester City's achievement of winning the Premier League last year is probably the biggest upset in the history of sport yeah ever in the world. I mean, it's that ridiculous. Yeah. Given how much money Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, all those teams have, for Leicester to, to win the league last year was, it's frankly ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, you were there. I mean, I mean, that is the first, also the first ever exciting thing that's ever happened in Leicester. So, you know, <laughs> give, give, give them their dues. But, but you're right. On, on Thursday night, I was sitting down ready to watch uh, Tottenham were playing the Europa League uh, mm. uh, and, and Leicester had been struggling, right? They've had a terrible year. Uh, all sorts of uh, stories about Claudio Ranieri, the, the manager, losing the dressing room, which is a, a massive cliche mm. over here about, you know, the, the, the players weren't playing for him. They hadn't scored a goal since the turn of the year. Um, they are one place off the, off the relegation right. zone. Having said that, when he got fired, you just thought, I don't think, I just, I just don't think anyone thought they would do it. I wasn't yeah. surprised that they did it, but I just, there was a little part of everyone that thought it isn't going to happen. And, and, and he's lost his job. And it's, I mean, it, it's, let's, we shouldn't cry for Claudio Ranieri. He's probably got about £8 million payoff, which <laughs> pre Brexit is like $60 billion Australian dollars. Now it's, now it's about $5. But having said that, you know, he, what he achieved was so extraordinary, yeah. but still a massive surprise. Mate, uh, we're talking to Max Rushton, who is an expert in soccer from Sky Sports and Talk Sports. And uh, Claudio Ranieri has put out a statement where he says, 
Yesterday, my dream died. After the euphoria of last oh. season and being crowned Premier League champions, all I dreamed of was staying with Leicester City, the club I love for always. Sadly, this was not to be. Do you know what? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and, and you, you will have uh, interviewed a whole lot of uh, coaches in, yep. in a whole lot of sports, and, and I have as well. And if we're honest, just, just between you and me, they're not all lovable people. No, you know, they're not, no. you know, they've got, you know, and actually you need a certain amount of uh, self-confidence, you know? arrogance, call it what you want, to, to, to get to the top. Very good morning. Claudio Ranieri, yeah, <laughs> Claudio Ranieri is, he's just a lovable guy. Yeah. And, and in terms of uh, uh, who's come out of this the best, it's Claudio Ranieri. He's, last year he was just fantastic with the press. I mean, everything was working for Leicester City. It's ridiculous. He got a bunch of players who just are not good enough to win the league, to win the league, basically. Uh, And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that statement, it's almost, it almost brings you to tears because the guy just deserves so much better. Having said that, you know, they, they were, you know, they're in danger of going down. And the trouble is with the money that's in the Premier League now, because um, uh, the TV rights, they, Guy paid five billion for the Premier League last year over three years. So every year you're in the Premier League, you make a lot of money. Mm. And if you're not in the Premier League, you don't make that money. So look, I can understand it from a and and as you know, as a sports fan, you never want to think sport is a business. Mm. You want to think that sport is a dream, and that you know anybody, you know, you know anyone can win it. Look, my my the future Mrs. Rushton is a is a, you know she's from Black Rock. She's a uh, a, Bull, a Western Bulldogs fan. Yep. You know the fact that they won the grand final was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Because it's part of the dream that is sport, and and so you don't want to think of it as a business, but it is. Yeah. Sadly, it is. It is and so I can understand why Leicester did it, but you know, yeah, Claudio. You, do you know what? You'd want him around for dinner. Yeah, right. You know, that's 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 what he is. You know, and and you you probably saw that with the Leicester fans last year. Oh, they loved him. They loved him. They sang uh, White Stripes, uh, um, Seven Nation Army, and they replaced the words with Claudio Ranieri and belted it out about seven hundred and fifty times. I feel sorry. <laughs> there was a story last year. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but uh, it was a story that caught my eye last year about a man called Alan Ashcroft, and he's the one I feel sorry for. He was uh, a Glaswegian. This was in the Sunday Sport, great uh, paper of great record, and uh, he was from Glasgow, fifty-six year old. Yeah. And he was the spitting image doppelganger of Claudio Ranieri. And he moved to Leicester. And according to this report, he sat in bars pretending to be Claudio Ranieri and quote unquote shagged 26 women since the team clinched the title, (laughs) pretending to be Claudio. Hey, let's be fair. That guy had his time. If we're honest, honest, you know, there aren't that many 56-year-old no. head men from Glasgow <laughs> who, are, who, are, who, who can move to another city and, and have that hit rate. That's incredible. Kid, I don't think we should feel sorry for that guy. No. I think what, we, what, what that is is amazing Scottish initiative. Yes. And, and we should salute him but say, son, you've had a great time. Yep. Now you need to get on with your life. There, there was another man we should feel sorry for, yeah. which is... The Jamie Vardy lookalike. Yes. Who for... So Jamie Vardy... Um, He's the star striker for Leicester. Yep. Star striker for Leicester City. He's, you know, five years ago, he was playing non-league football. This is, you know, he was getting paid 100 quid a week, if that. Uh, fast forward five years, he Leicester went for a million pounds. He was, uh, not, if not the top scorer, one of the top scorers in the Premier League last year. Got into the England squad, scored at the Euros, scored his first Champions League goal. Interestingly, the last goal to be scored under Claudio Ranieri away in Seville on Tuesday night. Right. Uh, and he had a lookalike too. Look, 
he had a lookalike who was just painting the town red. He was <laughs> everywhere, and he was making his money. And it's, uh, you know, it, the life of a lookalike is pretty awkward. You know, there have been a lot of light entertainers who've been put in prison for pretty bad things. And if you're one of those lookalikes, yes. you know, your career's over pretty fast. Yeah, no, it's not quite that fast. For, for, for your Jamie Vardy lookalike, but nope. he has disappeared. No, there's a few uh, wobbleboard impersonators who aren't getting much work at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, I wasn't going to give any names. No, no, I know where you were going with that, but uh, Max Rushton from Sky Sports and Talk Sports, it's always a pleasure having you on Triple M. Thanks for joining us. Uh, love to you. Love to Australia. Triple M's weekend breakfast, and the Bombers are taking part in the comeback story at the moment. We know what's happened down there at Tullamarine over the last few years. And this is the season where they're really able to get a bit of fresh oxygen and start things anew. And joining us on the line, one of, I guess you'd call him the veterans now down at Essendon with all that young blood, 124 games of experience at AFL level, is Heath Hocking. Morning, Heath. Morning. How are you? Mate, thanks for joining us. Look, when I think Heath Hocking, and I don't know whether it's because, you know, you've got the sort of frame where you can pack on a little bit of muscle, but I just think of a man who crashes in just about as hard as anybody does at the elite level of football. Do you love the contest? Yeah, I think it's something uh, I've sort of grown up doing. And, I th- it's yeah, I just enjoy a bit of body contact and things like that. But at times, it's nice to be on the outside to receive a ham- handball and things like that. But, yeah, it's definitely one of me I see as a strength for me. So that's something I try to utilise. Oh, mate. Now, don't be like those you know glamorous me-time players on the outside. The grunt work is what we like to see from you. Yeah, I know. A bit, bit of balance. <laughs> bit of balance is nice. Yeah, right. You're looking to, I guess, expand the game a bit. It's where you where you're creating a bit of run this season. Yeah, I think that's that's one of me. Uh, you know, focus points is just maybe being a bit more of a um, a ball user. If you know, if that's something I can develop. And uh, obviously, knowing that you know, winning the hard ball is probably one of my strengths. But being able to then flip side, be able to you know, maybe get it on the outside and hit a target. Who are some of the players in the league who you really like to compare yourself against when it comes to contesting for that ball? Oh, oh it's, it's a hard one because there's so many uh, uh, good sort of midfielders in there that um, you know can win it, win it, win the ball. But um, and being out of the game for so long, it's uh, it's, it's sort of something I've forgotten a little bit. So um, I guess you know whenever I play or come up against you know someone like Gary Ablett who can do a bit of both it's always a challenge and um i always found it hard playing on someone like scott pendlebury who who um yeah it's just another one of those players who can sort of win it in there he's really clean and um yeah it's 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 always a challenge going up against some of those some of those names mate you mentioned the year away of course so the suspension for, for you and the other players down there at the club how did you spend that time off yeah early on it was you know i was a bit uh sort of rattled and uh, trying to find, I think, footballers, we have such, you know, routine in our lives that once it was sort of taken away, there's, you know, lack of routine sort of thing that challenged me. But we, uh, as a a group of players, we got together and and decided we wanted to, you know, train and try to get the most out of this off time we had. So, yeah, we were doing two to three days a week training. And then, yeah, I guess it was a bit of, um, I guess, uh, time to just reflect and um you know look into a bit of what's going to be life after footy and that was for me so um yeah it was it was time well spent and i think i got to go away and um go to europe and you know do things you probably wouldn't get to do uh, in your football career so uh, there were some positives but obviously it was a very a tough tough year 
I can imagine, mate. What uh, what does the life after football look like? Have you picked out a, a career path? Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm on on the track towards you know uh, cooking or or baking. I actually did some work at uh, Feast of Merit with uh, with Elliot. Um, Elliot, yeah, yeah very so, good. Yeah, he's a good good man. So My cousin, uh, for those who don't know, who runs uh, the Generation Y Against Poverty, and they've got a cafe down there in uh, in Burke Street. That's great, mate. Yeah, so I, I sort of did a little bit of uh, a chef work, and uh, and I sort of I think I'm on the path towards more probably baking rather than uh, cooking. But I think it's it's all good to have that experience. And then I actually did some concreting as well with a, a mate I had there. So uh, I've I've sort of done a little bit of stuff, and yeah, it's, it was nice just to sort of get into the real world and see see what everyone goes through. And you know, because we are in a little bubble here as footballers, where you you think you're the most important person and you know there's actually things outside of football so it was nice just to sort of you know see that side of it as well that's great mate and uh what is it with champion bomber midfielders and cooking jason johnson of course uh involved in the catering game these days so uh, it's a it's a well-trodden path hey mate um i guess uh, i wanted to ask you about yesterday for example where i think a lot of the footy world goes oh gosh here's a you know another story about uh, about essendon and, and about the the supplements program yesterday with that leaked uh, recording that the, that the Herald Sun published. How do you guys approach a day like that? Do you, do you just sort of switch off and, and ignore it, or do you talk about it when when the bombers are back on the front page? Uh, I guess the uh, the good part of yesterday is we had a day off, so we were sort of <laughs> Love it. we could do it. We didn't have to really worry about it. But I think for us, it's it's you know things that have already happened we can't control. So. For us, it's about preparing for the game this week. You know, like what what can we do? Like talking about it's probably not going to do any any not going to help us. But you know, there's bikes that if they're feeling struggling with these sort of things, that there's there's things in the in the footy club that people can help with. But I think for us, it's just about moving on. We've moved on. We've obviously served our time, things like that. So uh, something like this is just something in the background that we've just got to you know sort of. Um, not listen to and, and focus on what we have to do. Everyone will shut up about it when you smash Hawthorne in round one of the home and away season, Heath. Don't worry about that. Uh, the Bombers are part of the comeback story at the moment, and you can be part of it if you're a fan by renewing or joining as a member today. For more information, head to efc.com.au. And I was speaking to Xavier Campbell yesterday who said... The club is really on target for a record membership result this year and particularly some good early wins, maybe against Hawthorne, maybe Anzac Day. And it's possible the Bombers could be looking at 70,000, which would just be huge. Heath Ocking, you guys are flying out to Mackay to take on the Suns on uh, tomorrow, actually. Good luck for that. Thanks very much, Seb. Yeah, cheers. I'm looking forward to trying some Heath Hocking baked goods, to be honest. A little cupcake or something from Heath, I reckon it'd go all right. Earlier in the program, we introduced our new sports commentator in Jack Heverin the president of the Langwarren Cricket Club, if you don't mind. I want to introduce another new voice to Triple M2. He's been working the panel and pushing the buttons for us this morning, but usually you'll hear him now, nightly, on Triple M as part of our new night show. Tom Bainbridge, good morning. And you and good your morning. mate Ollie are dominating in the night slot for us. Well, I think it's because the uh, it's the only thing that people can listen to. Uh, Monday through Wednesday, though, Seb. Monday through Monday Wednesday. Through Wednesday. Gotcha. Uh, for some reason, they don't want us to work Thursday, Fridays. Yeah, no, well, you don't want to overexert yourself. No, exactly no. right. And knowing you blokes, you'll, you'll test our broadcasting licence <laughs> if we give you another extra couple of days. There has but, been a bit of that, yeah. <laughs> now, well, mate, you've been working up in the country. You, you had a show in Albury. That's right. And well, that ended sort of in not the circumstances you wanted, and you've landed on Triple M. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know why. Uh, Apparently, we were difficult to work with. That's what we got told. (laughs) But yeah, they fired us out in the country, 
And for some reason, we've come back home. We've come back to Melbourne, and they're like, "Oh, why aren't you broadcasting the city?" And we're like, "Okay, that's, sure." That's actually the dream that we've had since we got into exactly this business. Right. Yeah. It was very strange, very strange. But yeah, we're enjoying the seven till nine, uh, seven till ten, actually. Ugh. Shouldn't, uh, <laughs> mate, give yourself as much time. Go to midnight if you want. I'm going to 11 a.m. this morning. Now, mate, uh, what I do like is uh, the naughty segment that you get stuck into after nine o'clock. What's that called? Naughty after nine. Naughty after nine. And I uh, switched it on this week. And you were talking threesomes, and some yeah. of the stories I heard were remarkable. Uh, just just share one, one with us. Okay. Uh, look, if there's young ones in the car, maybe yes. it's probably not the best, uh, best time point. to listen. Good morning to uh, Ozkick down there and. <laughs> In Hartwell, uh, yeah, but anyway, yes. So you took the call, and what he he was yeah. a bloke who yeah. had a very close relationship with his uh, brother. <laughs> One menage a trois, he went back to the country. <laughs> yes, and uh, it was actually his dad's funeral that he had to go back home for. Right, <laughs> he met his he met his brother up there, yeah. and his and his and his brother's long term girlfriend, and they lived on a big country farm. They had a lot of workers' sheds around around the place, <laughs> so they decided to go into one of the workers' sheds, and just start kind of going at it. The brother. With the brother and the long-term girlfriend. And the brother's long-term girlfriend. During the dad's funeral. Anyway, the priest decides to knock on the door while this is all happening. Who's running the funeral. Exactly right. So he has to go answer the priest. Do you reckon he, the priest could hear something <laughs> coming from the workers' hut? Well, he, he, went, he had to go and sort out something to do with the eulogy or something. Oh, my goodness. Um, he, he sorts that out. He's, ex- he's stoked. He's so excited that he can get back to it. They're still going at it in the workers' shed. Oh, my goodness. And uh, apparently, yeah, it all ended up happening that all just done and dusted. Mate, all I can say is that is your introduction to the Triple M family. <laughs> very interesting. We are a wonderful group of people and we've got ever entertaining stories. Mate, uh, so uh, Tom and Ollie, Ollie and Tom. Tom and Ollie. Tom and, so you've I'm got yourself first. top billing. Yeah, absolutely. What we like to say, the A-side, which <laughs> Floyd Mayweather <laughs> always insists on for every fight. So you want to be the A-side. And uh, again, where can uh, the Triple M family hear you now? Monday through Wednesday, 7 till 10 p.m. Now, my old mate Lawrence Mooney was on Twitter yesterday. I was scrolling through my feed and uh, Lawrence was getting stuck into Qantas. At Lawrence Mooney, he writes, I reckon prison food would be better than Qantas slop in a box. It's the worst. It says, we think this is what you deserve. Hashtag spirit of Australia. And then Qantas comes back and says, I was sorry, Mr. Mooney, that you didn't enjoy your meal. Um, We're sorry to hear of your disappointment with the food, Lawrence. We'll be sure to pass on your concerns. And my old mate, the Moon Man, doubles down with, at Qantas, the bratwurst, in quotation marks, was a chicken chipolata mash without form, and it swam around the box with the peas in an effluvium of contempt. An effluvium of contempt. I think I've got to Google what effluvium is. E-double-F-L-U-V-I-M. A reversible condition in which hair falls out after a stressful experience. Oh, no, here we go. An unpleasant or harmful odour or discharge. I like it. Effluvium. Word of the day. First, my old mate from the Triple M Summer Breakfast and the comedian and TV host Lawrence Mooney has been having a fight on Twitter with Qantas. He described the food he was served as an effluvium of contempt. And we established that effluvium means an unpleasant or harmful odour or discharge. Well, the great Moon Man and I were going back and forth about this last night and he agreed to come on the program. We haven't been able to locate him, I'm afraid. So apologies. But Moon Man, if you are listening, Alan Border has a message for you. I hope he's lying on the table and they're half dead. For not coming on this program, you better have a good excuse. Well said, AB. Speaking of effluvium uh, of contempt, uh, we've got uh, Tommy Bainbridge on the program here today, who is our new night's host on Triple M Monday to Wednesday. I'm starting to develop an effluvium of, I can't say that, effluvium of contempt for my haircut, Tommy. Do <laughs> it is no, a Lego man, isn't it? Mate, You've got can a Lego you man haircut just tell it to me straight. 
Do I look like Kim Jong-un? It's Kim Jong-un, or it's more like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, mate, uh, I was going to plug your show. I'm not Sorry. going to anymore. No, Wednesday uh, to uh, Monday to Wednesday, get behind the boys at Tom and Ollie on Triple M, the new night show. Well, that has been the weekend breakfast. Thank you to Heath Hocking and Kate Maloney for coming on the program. We will be with you next Saturday on Melbourne's Triple M. Triple M.